game week. We finally get to play a, a football game in front of fans. It's going to be uh, super exciting to take a young group down to Knoxville, Tennessee, and have them experience a, a game with, with fans and a real true college experience. Back football pod. It is finally here. The 75th season of Mac football. It's finally here. We're at week one. It's Tuesday. Recording on Tuesday. Probably going to post this on the same Tuesday. If this is your first time listening, thank you. Hi. How are you doing? I'm Alex. I uh, I do things around here. I totally run this podcast. If you've listened to this before, then you've probably heard other voices before uh, that are you know, tangentially uh, involved, basically just helping me out as good friends to do this, especially Caleb. A lot of people like to listen to Caleb on here. Uh, He will still be on here, just not as much. I will be doing every week. I'll be doing preview episodes. Every week I'll be doing recap episodes to kind of talk about the games that we have to look forward to this week, week one. And after Saturday's games, you know, on Sunday, I'm going to record the week one recap and so on and so forth. And there may or may not be an extra episode floating in the middle of the week that may or may not feature Caleb or one of my other friends or another guest of the show. So you'll have that to look forward to as far as future plans go. I wasn't going to try to hammer out the uh, future plans of the show immediately, but I guess that's where we're at. All the while, I'm going to be the one that runs this show, that you know, produces it, that plans it, that talks about it. That I mean, you're listening to me right now, right? You get the deal. A couple of plugs before we get into the previews of all this. Just kind of wanted to, uh, let, yeah, let's just stay the course of the season plans. Of course, you know the deal for this podcast. So if you are into this kind of stuff, I mean, obviously you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't have clicked this thing in the first place. Go ahead and follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Help me out. Thank you. And I appreciate all your support along the way. I also work on this in written form, macfootballblog.com. Do recaps over there. Do other stuff along the way. If you've read my work before, you know that I've, you know, have been doing this for about a decade, right? Between working at the Echo when I was in, in college, at Hustle Belt when I was graduating college and all that stuff little bit on the side afterwards i still keep it going so do keep that uh you know just just keep mac football blog in your tabs i got power rankings up right now i'm going to present all the games in reverse order of the way i ranked my teams in the mac right now got a pick them going on so go ahead and check the link for that so you can make your picks too got mine on there it'll be a lot of fun it's kind of a fun tradition that we do uh have done since hustle belt i kind of carry the torch ever since Brandon has uh, retired from the blogosphere. And if you also want to help support my work, uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash Alvarado on Maction. Throw me three bucks a month. That'll help me out a lot. Keeps the show going and growing. And also with that, you'll also get uh, notes that I do for this podcast. So everything that I write to keep myself organized for this, you'll be getting Uh, the shared sheet with that too. Got some other stuff in the works right now. I'm not at a point where I can kind of talk about it without being too confident about it. I got to really get ready to publish these things first. So uh, other stuff on the horizon, I'll let you know when you need to know. 
again, these games are going to be told to you in order in which I ranked these teams in reverse order of how I ranked these teams in my recent power rankings. So bunch of games. I'm not going to spend like five minutes on each game because honestly, I might not even give each game five minutes worth of my time. Sorry. I know that's, you know, it's not really a uh, conducive of what I'm trying to do here, but, uh, you know, I got a life too. I mean, we got three Thursday night games and I might not watch a single one of them live because, uh, one, I don't have to. Two, there's other local games I might attend. And they're not even Mac related. Uh, as you all know, I live near Detroit. Might hit up, uh, Wayne State. They're hosting Slippery Rock. That'll be kind of cool. I can't name a single player on either team, too. I just, you know, just want to go. Uh, num- my number 12 team, Bowling Green, is terrible. I don't see them standing a chance at Tennessee. Uh, if you want to watch it, one, why? Number two, good luck. Uh, you might be able to be like, oh, uh, I don't know. They're, you know, uh, we might match up skill-wise against Tennessee. One, that's a lie, too. Uh, do pay attention to the trenches to see how far of a gap Bowling Green has to go before it can compete with a team like Tennessee, let alone the rest of the MAC. Uh, that that's going to be a really important emphasis for me, for you to like tell you if you're going to watch this game, if you're going to watch this game, just watch, watch the box, just watch Bowling Green's O lineman go against Tennessee's defensive line and vice versa. It's that's where, that's where the games matter the most. Do pay attention to that because, uh, there's no promise that anyone's really going to get the ball, so don't watch the ball too much. Akron is at Auburn. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't don't watch this game if you don't have to. Again, you know, it's a nice, uh, what is this? This is Saturday. Saturday at what time? 7 o'clock. You don't have better things to do at Saturday at 7 o'clock than watch Akron at Auburn. God bless you. But go ahead and watch it. I mean, I'm going to be rooting for Cato Nelson, of course, all year long. Don't really have to get caught up into that week one at Auburn something you do have to get caught up in and if you're going to watch Akron do know that uh, the best player that Akron's had in a while Tion Dollard the running back who had go figure 666 rushing yards last year and was a first team all Mac guy after Akron had no good running backs for basically a decade he is now off the teams which really really sucks for Akron they got a couple options they got Pretty much all freshmen as its running back room now. Uh, Anthony Williams, Michigan State transfer, and John Zell Norrells, who had like seven carries in 2020. Those are your two most experienced guys. And Anthony Williams is a redshirt freshman. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, Akron, no matter what, no matter who's playing running back, they, same thing with Bowling Green. Like, just watch the trenches. See how far apart the talent gap is between, you know, Akron's front five against Auburn's front four or whatever defense they're running these days. NIU at Georgia Tech. NIU, I mean, look, I'll say it again. I'll say it time and time again. They just have so many freshmen. I just don't expect it to. Don't expect it to matter down the stretch in terms of like them winning more games because they're less experienced. I just don't see that really being a thing this year. But they're going to start out hot, right? Like, they're going to start out being excited. They're all going to want to be part of the uh, 
the juice squad, right? The juice squad. They're, uh, I don't know, the thing that they're doing over there at NIU with being part of the juice committee. Who's got the juice? I don't get it. Whatever. They're into it. Uh, but they got to get into winning, too. And I don't see them winning uh, very many battles against Georgia Tech. Even though Georgia Tech, I expect them to, to be sloppy. I do expect them to, I don't know, trip over their own shoelaces at least once. Maybe slip in on a banana peel. Um, hell, if they got a microwave out there, they might leave some silverware in it. You just don't really know with Georgia Tech, uh, you know, football-wise, because they've been trying to get out of its triple option approach and trying to get more more modern and a little bit more seamless for uh, for guys to get into and guys to recruit into. I don't know if Georgia Tech has everything figured out on the football end, but I still think that it's got more better options than NIU right now to go out and make a big play, especially at home. So I wouldn't expect it. If it is a close game, I don't expect it to be a close game in the fourth quarter. Maybe in the third, not the fourth. Uh, Rocky Lombardi, it's his debut game too. Just transferred in from Michigan State. Quarterback's important, and I haven't seen anything to make me believe that they can make a winner out of a quarterback, a transfer quarterback, right away. But one thing that Lombardi has that Ross Bowers didn't was a lot of experience to work with. Um, you know, Lombardi, you know, he could last like three or four years there. Bowers, it looked like it was only going to be two at the time. Obviously, it was extended to a potential third year, but he transferred out this year because of COVID and whatnot. Um, but they're still getting a kid that's more raw and a kid that was thrown more into a crazy fire at Michigan State and kind of had a whirlwind situation there. Maybe he's in a better headspace uh, playing in DeKalb, but I just don't buy into the NIU offense right now. They have good running backs, but the running backs aren't playing quarterback. Now, Syracuse at Ohio, that's a CBSSN game, 7 o'clock. Do, 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 do peek at that game. Hey, if you're in the area, go to the game, too. I mean, hell yeah. Like, anytime there's a P5 at a Mac school event, definitely go to it. Uh, it's a must-see game for that reason. Must-see game because, you know, it's first game in the post-Solich era. That's a that's a different wrinkle that might have, uh, might have you interested for a little bit at least. It's going to be the same old, same old across the board, but maybe there's a, maybe there's something new. I don't know. Uh, Curtis Rourke, no surprise there. He's the starting quarterback over Armani Rogers. Are they going to get creative with getting both of them on the field at the same time? Who knows? Uh, only one way to find out. But back to you know the chances of Ohio winning. Like I don't trust. Ohio's defense a ton to make a play. They're going to have to win in a shootout, if at all. Um, but Ohio, you know, they're in a good position to put up points, right? Syracuse is in a good position to give up a lot of points. It was already a pretty beat-up team last year. What You know, had a one-win season, wasn't a great defense, and it lost two of its best defensive backs to the NFL draft last year. Not a great formula for success, especially if you're looking for success in a week one right after all that mess. But who knows? Maybe Syracuse will close the talent gap 
and kind of answer some questions for them. Ohio didn't get a ton of reps last year either with COVID and whatnot, but they also only played like three games. So it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of hard for me to, uh, to gauge Ohio last year. And I'm just, you know, I've said that like a hundred times already. I'm just ready for football. EMU hosts St. Francis on a Friday. I don't want to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it into a microphone that's recording my voice by my choice. And I'm going to edit this in, not edit it out by my choice. If you, you know, if catching any local high school games is a priority to you, do that. You can do that instead of watch the St. Francis game. Uh, good chance for some newcomers to come in if you're you're a transfer player. Looking at the depth chart, like one of the wide receiver spots has got a couple incoming guys. Uh, like Dylan Summers is a first-string first receiver, transfer from Cornell. Got Jawan Hamilton. He's a backup running back. Transfer from James Madison. So, you know, pretty... Ex- and there's some other names. I'm not going to get to them all. They're in the notes. One name that people like is Ben Bryant, the quarterback out of uh, that transferred from Cincinnati. I don't know how much he's going to see the field. He's listed as the backup right now. I expect he's going to get some playing time. I really do. But I don't know how much. That'll be, uh, as they say, interesting to see. But it's at Saint Fran- against St. Francis, so whatever. Uh, Wagner at Buffalo. It's ESPN 3. Uh, and it's on the Thursday. Man, If you you don't have to watch if you don't have to. Uh, Buffalo, you are on notice for being upset by an FCS team because of you know the coaching turnover so late in the process and all that stuff and so close to the start of the season. That's going to screw with you guys. But I do think Buffalo could just win out talent-wise, and I, that, that part wouldn't surprise me at all, especially on defense. That's the important part. So, I don't know. I'm only only 20% scared that that's going to be the case. Only 20%, but still, that's that's a pretty high percentage for uh, a team that just went to the MAC championship game twice over the past three years against Wagner. Central Michigan is at Missouri. Pretty. This will be pretty interesting, especially if Sermon, the, the new quarterback from Washington, if everything, you know, if he gets cooking and the offense gets cooking and we start learning some receivers' names like Dallas Dixon, if they come up with an answer for Kobe Lewis, who's out with a knee injury, you know, it's Missouri, man. Like, I could see I could see this being a thing. We lived long enough to see Toledo take down Arkansas. Why not Central at Missouri? I'm going to be honest, I don't know too much about Missouri. I just know that, you know, they're the 14th SEC team you think about, even though they've won a couple of East crowns since being in that conference. I mentioned something about trenches before with the Bowling Green and uh, Akron game games against their SEC teams. I got another one right here. Kent State at number six, Texas A&M. I think... 8 o'clock ESPNU, I think that's perfect because you're going to get into that game, especially in the first half. But, man, that second half, if it's if Texas A&M really blows out Kent State, hey, at least it got your attention for the first half. That's all I'm going to say. Actually, I'm going to say more than that. Kent State's going to have to really lean into being a really fast offense, especially if A&M 
is just like so overpowering in the trenches and can't let Kent State get a run game at all. Um, and if they're going to have to be like doubly fast with the pace of its play, with the pace of its passing plays, it's going to have to be like triple, triply efficient with its decision making on a per play basis. Um, not saying that they can't pull that off because they have the smarts to do it. They have a good enough quarterback to do that. I think they have, you know, decent, decent receivers, but I don't know if they're decent enough to get by Texas A&M's defense because, man, that defense is sick. It is really, really sick. And Kent State's D-line didn't prove much last year, so why should I expect that it'll slow down Isaiah Spiller? Honestly. Um, one non-football thing to talk about, if you guys like narratives, uh, Sean Lewis has a uh, a recent extension that he signed. It was set to expire after the 2022 season, but the new extension is going to keep him through 2025. They're probably going to talk about that. I don't know. I mean, hey, yeah, he's he's done a pretty good job. He's gotten you to talk about Kent State. Uh, hasn't won a division yet. So, I mean, good luck to him because this is really like a good year for him to do it. A lot of the coaches believe that he's going to win, uh, that they're going to win the East this year too. So uh, now we're moving into top five ter- category. Uh, well, actually, Kent State was five, so we're into top four now. Miami's at Cincinnati. Don't see in that. Uh, I don't see this win happening at all for Miami. Sucks because Cincinnati's riding a, let's see, 14-game winning streak in this series. God damn man off the top of your head do you know how many uh, meetings this is going to be between Miami and Cincinnati I'll give you one second to think about it 125 this is going to be a meeting 125 in the battle for the bell uh, right now the series is at 59 58 and 7 Miami's way uh, Cincinnati obviously it's incredibly good Ranked number eight by the AP poll right now. A win by Cincinnati would tie the all-time record. Uh, plenty of games still on the books. It's one of the longest-standing annual rivalry games in America. I mean, I just said 125. But it's definitely boring. It's just so boring. I like Miami because I'm a Mac junkie, but come on. Like, Cincinnati's going to blow them out. And... I don't know, man. This series has just got to... It's, it's just got to come to a close. There's just no point for it. Uh, Western Michigan is at Michigan. ESPN Nooner, so you have no excuse not to watch that one on Saturday. Uh, should be exciting as all hell, too. I think Western can hold its own skilled-wise on offense against Michigan, too. Um, and Michigan... I mean, everyone knows that Michigan's been uh, a cluster F-word first time I cleaned up my language on here, a cluster F word, you know, with its coaching staff, with, I mean, the institution, don't want to get into all that. Um, But even like on the football sense, it's still a little messy right now. Obviously it, it, it's a co-defensive coordinator was hired away by Buffalo Mo linguist. So they kind of had to make some late changes there. Don't know if that's going to matter too much. I still know Michigan is still really, really talented on both sides of the ball just kind of shot itself in the foot a ton so is western but western is you know 
our team as like the Mac flagship podcast over here. They got the quarterback to do it. Love Caleb Ellaby. Love the skilled guys, like I said. Uh, in the trenches, it's going to be hard to say. And I already don't like Western Michigan's chances defending the pass in conference play down this stretch. So I don't have the most optimism for it in Ann Arbor. But I don't also have the most optimism for Michigan's quarterback situation, much like everybody else in America. So, I don't know, man. This I could see this going either way. I really could. I'm leaning towards Michigan in a more high-scoring game. But wouldn't shock me if uh if Western came away if Western came away with that win. This is going to be like the biggest game of the, of uh of the whole weekend. Yeah, especially in the MAC, for sure. Uh, I mean, pending Ohio-Syracuse, but a lot, a lot has to go right there. This is a game that could easily have your attention first quarter on. The time slot kind of like forces your hand at that. But even then, like this is a game I would want to make time for. Uh, I'm hoping for the best for the Broncos. I'm just not 100% sold on it is all. Uh, the other two games that we have on here, Norfolk State at Toledo. Western Illinois at Ball State on Saturday. Uh, the Toledo game is going to be Saturday at 7 o'clock on ESPN3. Ball State, they're hosting their game Thursday night at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, like I told you, like I already have plans to, uh, to not watch this Ball State game. Uh, there's going to be plenty of chances to watch two of the best teams out of the MAC all year long. I don't think you have to watch them beat up on FCS competition. Uh, you can read the box scores later. There's going to be some big numbers there. You're going to do that anyways. You don't have to watch these games if you don't have to. But if you must, hey, go for it. Uh, are there any questions that I have for Toledo? Let's see. Can Carter Bradley... Shit, I don't know. Throw for... oh. There I go again, not cleaning up my language. Sorry. Carter Bradley. Can you throw like 90%? Just, I don't know. I just want to see it. I just want to see Carter Bradley really go off. I'm expecting a lot from him this year. Now, let's just see what he can do. Norfolk State's not the biggest FCS competition. They didn't play in 2020, and in 2019, they went 5-7. and seven. You know, this should be a field day for Toledo. They just got to hold up their end of the bargain. And Ball State, I mean, you know, is there a running back that's going to come out of that room and, like, really break out? Um, are Ty Evans and Will Jones dependable backs? More than likely they are. But they're, like, you know, it's not the biggest question for me. Like, for Ball State, that's the only question mark I have is it's the running back room. Not expecting that answer to you know, come out of this Western Illinois game because it's just Western Illinois. They went 1-5 in the spring, but hey, at least they beat Youngstown. 